how did repealing combat ship exclusion laws lead Admiral Lisa Franchetti to become the chief of naval operations? Produced by Defense News and Military Times, this is the Early Bird Brief. Each morning, we bring you the defense and national security news of the day. And what does Franchetti's achievement as the first woman ever to serve as the Navy's top officer and the first to serve on the Joint Chiefs of Staff mean for other women? You'll find out. I'm your host, Jonathan Lairfeld. Today is December 18th, 2023. Hey, Diana. So can you remind listeners who Admiral Lisa Franchetti is and why they should know about her? So Admiral Lisa Franchetti previously served as the Vice Chief of Naval Operations, and she made history last month when she became the Navy's 33rd Chief of Naval Operations, becoming the first woman ever to serve in that role, and also the first ever to serve on the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So one thing that she had told me in our interview was that this likely wouldn't have happened. She probably wouldn't have even gotten to this point in her career if Congress hadn't 30 years ago repealed combat exclusion laws that previously barred women from combatant ships and aircraft. So as we discussed in 1993, President Clinton's Secretary of Defense, Les Aspen, urged Congress to pass a law that would repeal these laws, barring them from serving aboard combatants. And so eventually on November 30th, 1993, Congress did rescind those laws. And that opened up a whole new avenue for women leaders to pursue different types of jobs. This not only meant that they could serve on combatant ships, but they also would have the ability to take on much more challenging jobs that would lead them to become uh, leaders in their field. And so that's what Admiral Franchetti meant when she said that that is kind of what paved the way for her to become CNO today. So Franchetti and other women in the Navy were previously barred from serving aboard combatant ships and aircraft. Why was that, and when did that change? In the 70s, women, there were only a few jobs that were really open to women, a lot of them being uh, nursing, uh, flight attendants, similar fields like that. Yes, women could join the Navy, but they often were limited to very specific roles that were on shore. So integrating women into the Navy started to gain momentum in the 1970s under then Chief of Naval Operations Admiral Elmo Zumwalt. And so these reforms took place as the service grappled with retention issues. So among some of the changes that he really spearheaded were um, a pilot program to assign women aboard the hospital ship Sanctuary and um, opening up some ROTC programs to women in uh, 1972. Additionally, uh, throughout the 70s and the 80s, there were another round of some policy changes, including in 1978 when the Navy announced that uh, 55 women officers could go to sea aboard hospital ships, transport ships, and some other auxiliary uh, vessels that didn't conduct combat operations. So that was kind of the very first moment where women, yes, could go to sea. However, there were very specific limitations and those spots were very, very limited. So another policy change that also really paved the way for the repeal of these combat exclusion laws was in 1998 when women um, were allowed to uh, serve aboard combat logistics force ships. So that also um, happened just a few years prior to the 1993 repeal and really set the stage and influenced uh, the career of women like Admiral Franchetti, who did get to serve aboard uh, combat logistic force ships at the time when that law was uh, was changed. How did that 
law change impact other women at the time in addition to Franchetti? For Admiral Franchetti, she recalled how all throughout 1993, there had been a lot of discussion about this law potentially changing. And so she was really hopeful that her next assignment would be aboard a combatant ship. However, as the year progressed, she did get an assignment to um, a non-combatant vessel. And uh, so she remembered kind of feeling really frustrated and disappointed that that didn't work out. However, when the law did change, her assignment shifted completely. And so she was then... Uh, assigned to a combatant ship. That was the case for multiple women that I spoke with as well. So that it had a very dramatic impact from the very, very beginning where women, their assignments shifted almost dramatically. Additionally, though, there were a lot of women whose careers were impacted, you know, 10 years later, where because of this repeal, they were able to take on jobs that would further propel them to take on more senior roles and taking on more challenging jobs in the Navy was the only way that they would be able to become CEO of an 06 command, things like that. And so uh, the effects of the change really were felt dramatically initially right off the bat, but then also all throughout 10 years later, up until, you know, very recently in 2020, when we had the very first woman become the commanding officer of an aircraft carrier. So based on your reporting, how do you think Franchetti's achievement will impact other women in the Navy and even in the other services? So um, we have um, heard a lot of feedback from readers, and most of the feedback that we've gotten, uh, they've said that it's about time that we've had a woman serve in this uh, role as Chief of Naval Operations. Everyone that I've spoken to who has worked um, in some capacity with Admiral Franchetti, both large and small, have commented on her leadership skills and um, how she really is an excellent leader and values teamwork. So I think it will be a really exciting time for women in the Navy to look and see how she um, influences the uh, future of the service and also just inspires other women coming up behind her as well. Are there other doors that are still closed for women sailors or are there milestones in the Navy that women just have not yet reached? One of the milestones that Admiral Franchetti said that she's actually really looking forward to seeing a woman take on is uh, becoming the commanding officer of a submarine. So submarines were previously barred to women up until 2011. So we still have yet to see a woman uh, take on that role commanding a a submarine. So that's one that she had cited that she's looking forward to. Another one that we heard was a woman has yet to hold the position of Master Chief Petty Officer of the Navy, so the highest enlisted sailor in the service. So those are some two milestones that we heard women are really excited to see women take on in the future. That's it for us this morning. To get more of the top stories and breaking news, go to defensenews.com slash ebb to subscribe to the Early Bird Brief newsletter. Please give us a like, rating, and a comment wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media at defense underscore news and at military times. The Early Bird Brief is hosted by me, Jonathan Lerfo, and produced by Zimone Z. Perez. If you liked our conversation today with Diana, be sure to check out her work at navytimes.com. Our editor-in-chief is Mike Gruse. Have a great day.